Welcome, everybody, to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. As always, I'm your host, Miles, joined here, as always, joined here with my brother, Jordan. And Absolutely. today, we are covering Expanse, Season 1, Episodes 4 to 7. And boy, okay, so just to preface everything, the first season, in my opinion, when I watched, like, for the third time, what mm-hmm. I, would, I concluded was my least favorite. Um. Simply because I think first seasons suffer in the sense that they have to establish characters, they have to establish plot, world, all that stuff. So there's a lot of baggage that goes with being the first season. So I never really judge a show purely based off just the first season. Um, now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can just make a really crappy first season. I'm just going to excuse it. Like Season one of Expanse being the weakest is says a lot of the show because I still think season one of the Expanse is brilliant. Um, I mean, they do. I mean, let's be honest. As for a show and me starting to watch it, they do unpack. If you're paying attention closely, they unpack. If you're like me, obviously, I don't take notes. I'm not. I'm not the type of guy that likes to just write down notes while I'm watching a show. But if you take into account a lot of the stuff that they unpack. There's a lot in the first season so far that yeah. I'm still thinking about. Obviously, we've chatted a little bit before this, but you know what I mean? I'm still thinking about it because I'm like, wait a minute. What yeah, happened no. there, there, there? Anyways, I agree. And I'm um, and so what I was going to say was that watching this for the fourth time now, <laughs> uh, this is my fourth time watching experience, watching this for <sighs> the fourth time now, I'm actually liking it. A lot more than previously. Now, I don't. I would not necessarily say that I'm liking it. I would still maintain that it's probably my least favorite season, but I think the gap is much closer than before. The this season, um, there's just so much foreshadowing and so many great moments that I'm picking up on more and more with each rewatch, and now I'm seeing just so much more. And I, I think, especially if you binge it, expands. I think being a very detailed and kind of a medium burn show kind of what do you mean by medium burn uh you know it's a slow burn like it just kind of simmers and then kind of heats up to like these explosions and then like sanderson high... yes okay and then you got high-paced shows like like attack on titan right where it's like other than season two attack on titan was kind of like go 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 there was always something moving forward yeah, now yep. i think expanse is constantly there's always something moving the plot forward especially when you take into the account of how long each episode is mm-hmm. right like it's like 45 minutes to an hour um whereas like attack on titan is like 20 minutes but any, uh, and those are easy to go through you can go through like 18 attack on titan episodes look up yeah. at the clock and be like uh-oh yeah um i but i think expanse is easily bingeable or like it, it lends itself to be more bingeable in the sense that uh, if you watch, okay, so I think season four, I have may have, it may have been five was I watched that week by week release, uh-huh. and it suffered in my opinion because of that. Um, we'll get to that when we get to that eventually, but it. You think it'd been better if it was bingeable, oh like three or four God. episodes in a row? Yeah, if I watched the all ten episodes in the span of like two or three days, uh, that would have been the best season. What was the what's the likelihood of a company actually doing that though? Uh, well, Netflix does that, right? Whenever they do they, uh, yeah. Whenever like Witcher, when it comes out, it's like all all ten episodes. Oh, you're right, you're right. So I think Netflix is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that when they release shows, it's all at once. Boom! There you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally like that. I know a lot of people would rather have weekly releases so that way you can discuss. And the hype for the show lasts much longer. And I mm-hmm. I agree with that because if you look at Squid Game, it got very hyped for like a month and then the hype died off. Me personally, I don't care. I have more than enough TV shows to watch that I could just binge it. Okay, on to the next one. And while, yes, it's good having a weekly discussion and weekly, uh, you know, predictions, like in the discussions for each episode, for each show. Well, that's nice. I don't care that much. Right. Like, it's cool having the predictions. Like, and people make some damn good predictions. Like, right. I think me and you, 
Jordan are pretty good at making predictions, but there are some people that make some amazing predictions. Wonky. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they're very, very accurate sometimes. Right. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think the problem is that those people are so good at making those predictions that it's become almost like borderline spoiler for me. Uh-huh. Because these people pick up on such minute details right. that it uh, kind of ends up spoiling for me. So for me, the predictions are nice, but it ends up becoming spoilers. And on top of that, the discussions are cool too, but I'd rather just watch it all at once. That, that's me right. personally. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, on to the show. Uh, <laughs> season one, episodes four to seven. So yeah. So as far as as far as episode four goes, um, they call this one CQB, and obviously during the show, the two ships that are um, I don't remember the main ship that the Martian ship that they're on. Uh, Donager. Donager, the Donager. I don't remember the. Sh- they don't ever name the other ship, but these two ships are are going at it. And yeah, you you don't find out the name of the ship, right? It's just this mystery mystery. Which, what's stealth ship? Yeah, and it took down the other ship, the um, Canterbury. Canterbury. Yeah, I gotta remember that name. I gotta remember that name. But um, yeah, and this this mystery ship, which obviously has been just nuking other ships. I mean, the OPA. Like, I'm trying to figure out. This has got to be a fourth faction, or at least a faction, something that started. From one of the other factions like this has got to be a rebel group of some sort and they figured out some technology maybe an evil genius i don't know but it, i'm just curious about this ship because obviously it's the it's got some stealth technology that mm-hmm. nobody else has oh, yeah. and that's illegal that's illegal in the universe okay so i didn't understand and maybe this is gonna make me look really dumb considering i've watched the show so often uh but it just shows you how quickly the plot moves forward um I don't know if they meant that it's illegal for OPA to have the stealth technology or it's illegal for everyone like UN, Mars, and uh, Belt, but yeah. I took it as like a UN war agreement almost. Like nobody can use stealth technology against each other because it was unfair or... You could be right. Um, somebody doesn't have just... access to it. I See, that that's where I didn't... So I just thought everybody... I just used it as a blanket term as and hey everybody can't use it you could be right honestly uh but as far as uh what do you think of the ship designs let me ask you that. i mean so my thing is that they're super boxy like the inside yeah. or the outside uh both well the donna the donager which is the one that just got blown up in this episode well mm-hmm. blown up taken down it it's they're very boxy, and I can only imagine that in space you'd want less friction. But I guess friction doesn't matter in space. Yeah, there's no air resistance. So, to my understanding. So, I, I mean, as far I, as we know, I'll just know. I'll just try to tell you. I when I first watched it, I agree with you. Um, I was like, I'm not super loving the uh, the actual like ship designs, but for what it's worth. It grew on me over time. Um, they do look evil. They look more evil. Like, have you ever seen Warhammer 40K? I've seen ships, yes. I've seen this ship design. So, yeah, it reminded sure. me of Warhammer 40K, which kind of let made me feel at home. So, I don't mind this ship. So, yes, more of the story, I don't mind. Yes, I story, I don't mind. Guy. Dude, I, uh, I used to have the tabletop, and I, my grandfather made me, like, a little scenario. And I used to play with whoever the heck would play with me. And it was a lot of fun. But obviously, I had to teach everybody rules, so the whole game took four or five hours, and nobody wanted to play for four or five hours but me. <laughs> kind of want to play now, because I've always wanted to play those. Dude, I I just sold not too long ago both the good, uh, the Chaos Marines, you know, the space. I just sold a set of Space, space Marines, and then the evil, uh, they're like Tyrants. Tyrants? I just sold, yeah, I just sold all of that. Not too long ago. If I would have known you would have played with me, dude, I would have kept those. Because those are, that game is so They're expensive too, aren't they? Yeah, the whole set I sold for like $750. (laughs) There was a a lot there though. Yeah, that, 
I I've always loved the lore of yes, ba- um, absolutely Warhammer. They're they're awesome. Both the it's a sci-fi more so than the fantasy. I do like right. the fantasy as well. But I but back to this show, it reminded me of that, and you know these guys actually kind of remind me of the Royal Army or the more Royal Marines from uh this like the suits that they're wearing. It reminds me of the Royal Marines from Warhammer too. So I was like, yes, okay, yeah. I can uh-huh. get behind That's this. What you mean. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, the season, this episode four, it was, you know, it was mainly about this ship getting taken down. And then, Which, okay, for um them fighting, I, okay, full disclosure, I'm a ma- I'm team Martians, right? Um, so <laughs> there is bias here. Uh, there, I loved how the Donager, when it's fighting something that's completely unknown, did a pretty damn good job. Dude, the freaking what was it the railgun? Is that what the is uh, what they call it a railgun? Yeah, that's the you're talking about when the enemy ship attacked. Yeah, they so they're like, gun? yeah, that get was... the railgun ready, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be cool. Yeah, um, and the the PDCs, the the little turrets that shoot at the missiles. Yep. For some yep. defense cannons. Ah, oh, those are yeah. cool. So like, I love the sound of those. My question is: Is do you think? This day and age, do you think we have some of that technology that we just don't really? It's not advertised. You know what I mean? Do you think we have that? Well, okay. Like as far gun? as the PDCs go, we kind of have that, don't we? Like on the on the naval battleships, right? Where yeah, those... that's those are fine, but those are bullets. Those bullets aren't going to go. I mean, I guess well, those the rounds PDCs aren't going to are go. Right? Are they technically bullets? Or are they? Yeah, the PDCs, my understanding, are bullets and real guns. So I looked this up. Um, real guns are still, it is still a projectile. It's not like it's a laser. Right, right, right. It's just a really, it's like magnetically charged and magnetically fired, like propelled, I guess. Yeah, to um, make the, to hit a certain velocity point so it could travel in space. Yes. Um, certain point. Yeah. So, yes, to my understanding, we do have real guns in real life. Well. See, that's what I thought too. But people just don't understand. See, like me, like you did that too. People just don't understand, like, what a rail gun is it's not a you're not shooting lasers because if that if so it'd be a laser gun yes <laughs> yeah but no this this was cool how they did the the fight scene i like that man yeah i um yeah everything about and okay so uh the interior of the martian ships are beautiful i mean they're so pristine and they look like okay they this, look star warsy yeah i love it and yeah. I, and i like that because uh martian it's like you know the the German engineering, yeah. Like yeah. that's that's Martian engineering in this world. So I, I I like that. It's it's just better. Yeah, higher quality, more durable, and whatnot. so like I also came to the realization that if you are in space and you get in a ship battle, one of those ships with all of that crew, there's only a few say, escape pods. So that means. People know that, like, if you're going to space, you're like, yeah, there's a good chance I'm dead today. And this is uh, just like, oh, shikes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one thing I wanted to highlight um, was the Martian view of Earth or life. When I forget, I think it was uh, Lieutenant Gabriel. I forget mm. the guy's name. Who the one who could like he was who would do the inter- interrogation? Sorry, I keep. Yeah, he was like kind of yelling at the guy. The guy that was taking the, uh, he was taking the water pill looking thing. Yeah, yeah. So he when he was talking to I think it was Holden, saying that like you know all you guys aren't just basic assistants. Right. You guys work. All of you guys are just like lazy and stuff. It's very interesting to see uh, the Martian view of how they view Earthers, right? Um, we've gotten some, like, uh, like some glimpse of it previously when Avasarala was talking to the ambassador to Mars from Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, he, that's what he was saying. He said, I love Mars, right? He said that, uh, we earthers, we gave up. Mars <laughs> has an entire nation working towards one goal. And that is, uh, terraforming their planet making it habitable see that's tough and i i kind of picked up on some of the see and that's the problem that that's creating the division it's like no like we're still on earth we still have like we still have things to do on earth 
but yes, you do have a mission in Mars to. Well, remember, Mars is an s- entirely separate entity. Like they are a separate. There are their own. Right. Um, like, I don't know how to what the word right word is, but Ge- genetically, they're genetically different. No, no, like they are sovereign. They are a sovereign nation. Right, but so. they're but they're still humans. Yes, yes, hundred percent. Okay, so that being said, I mean, like they're still helping the human race is what I'm getting at. Right. So, like, the division there doesn't make too much sense to me because it's like, wait. Are we all here together? But if there's one thing humans are good at is dividing. Yeah, which it's just it Tower of Babel and whatnot. But we'll go on to that another day. (laughs) But yeah, so that that's one thing I really wanted to point out. And another thing, and I don't I noticed this for the first time uh, watching this time when uh, Holden and his crew are running into the. Forget what the ship is originally called, but they renamed it to the Rasenate. Um, yes, eventually. Tachi. It was originally called Tachi, I think. Um, so when the uh, when they're running there, right? They're like uh-huh. there's a huge gun battle happening, and the gravity shuts off, so they kind of start floating. So what does Holden do? He kicks. He gets like a hold of Naomi, like with like uh, some cord, right? He yeah. kicks her forward. And the uh, reason he kicked her forward was so that he could, when, uh, the way that s- physics and space works, for those of you who don't know, is when if I'm just floating in space and I throw a wrench one way, the same speed at which I throw the wrench one way, I will float that same speed backwards. So him kicking Naomi one way, let him go back down to the, the, the platform and magnetically attach the, the surface. And then he was holding on to Naomi with the uh, the the cord, and he mm-hmm. pulls her back down. I I remember seeing that for the first time when I like several times when I watched it, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But it never really clicked to me. They're like, oh, it's physics. <laughs> they yeah. They had, you know, oh, they, it's physics. Yeah, like I knew that the show was like you know more on the science side. Yeah, and it was relatively realistic, but it just. And I and I knew about this those law of physics, right? Where like in space, if you throw one thing one way, you're gonna go the other way. Like, yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's a simple like my understanding of it's very simple. It has nothing to do, but I just understand that if you throw something, you're gonna go opposite direction in space. Obviously, here you're an anchor. Yes. Depending on how heavy that thing is, you throw. Yep. Now, if we were if we were infinitely strong, or if it happened to be something like a Mistborn type deal. You know, if we threw something and it was bigger than us, we would get eventually pushed back. Oh, man. Could you imagine Mistborn, like, Era 3 or 4 when they're in space? No. There's some some interesting physics that can happen there. Yeah, so, like, if that's true, if if we apply Expanse to Mistborn, can't they just push a coin through space? If they had the proper... Essentially, yes, but they would also be propelled backwards, too. Right, so they could, if they had a handful of coins, they could always just multi-directionally push themselves. Yeah, could you imagine Kelsier's fight with the Lord Ruler in space? No. Uh, or sorry, not the Lord Ruler. <laughs> they, when he fought that Inquisitor. But anyways, yeah, yeah, we're maybe. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to point that out that I loved, I loved that moment. Where yeah. And in, in the first episode, they also interrogate that guy and. They, we kind of get some backstory on, like, kind of what happened. But what's with the limbs regenerating? There's some weird limb. Limb regenerating? I, I, I caught on to it, and it was like, there. It's like on a grate. And this guy's limbs, like, blows up. Uh, like, what, which guy are you talking about? The dead guy, I think. There's a limb. Somebody's missing a limb. Oh, no, no, he doesn't regenerate. Uh, it, the suit itself just kind of um, clots off so that it closes off so there's no air leaking. And then... So the suit does that? Yeah, yeah. The The limb doesn't regenerate itself. It's just like, oh, if your, hand I was like off, Whoa. your suit would be open, right? So the suit is like high tech. Like nanotech almost. Yeah, essentially. So that's All right, I Iron Man. I... <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, and then... You know, as I move this episode, this whole episode is pretty much taking us through them getting off the ship. Yeah. 
Yep, and the, obviously the ghost ship has won. And at the end of this episode, well, close to the end of the episode, they're just blowing this ship up with all their guns and their little escape pod, dude. I was like, that's so awesome. Yeah, from the inside. Yep. Just, oh, man, that was that was a very, very beautiful scene. The, the Ross and Ajay just don't. wrecking everyone with their PDCs. Yeah. Is, what do you call them? PVCs? Yeah, uh, PDC, personal scanning, I believe. That makes sense. That makes sense. But like, yeah, but, but episode four oh, was mainly... defense cannon, sorry. And we don't even see Miller that much in episode four. It's yeah. all about the ship. Mm-hmm. But as we go into episode five and six, we do get... Quickly throw in Havelock is alive. Oh, that was yes. kind of crazy. That Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Okay, so they we were talking about this, um, I think, before we started recording. Uh, this is one of my nitpicky complaints. I don't know if it's necessarily nitpicky. I think if I'm, if I'm being fair, it is an issue. Mm-hmm. Where Havelock just kind of doesn't really go anywhere. Like, he's alive, and then... Nothing. That's it. Like, it, they were kind of better off just killing him. Like, nothing yeah. just really happens. Um uh, and, you know, uh, Jordan himself brought up that, you know, he got a rebar straight through the chest and he was bleeding out for quite some time. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a. In space, you might be able to live through some of that, but like here on Earth, like that's yeah. death. Yeah. <laughs> you would, yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah, that 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 I wish I would have got more of just explain where he went or just be like, hey, he's done with the force or I don't know something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyways. Five and um, five and six. These were interesting because it was a lot of pan back views between Miller's struggle with the partner and him still searching for that girl Mao. Julia, um, yeah. And um, then we go back to our Holden's crew, and then there's the Anderson crew. Now, my question throughout these episodes was: the Anderson crew took over the spaceship, their kids are having issues with their brains. What's going on there? I don't understand. So this, the show, or the story overall is very much about like class struggle between like right. the belters and then right. what they see to be the inners. But it's like all of them kind of have their own issues. But I would say like with the belters, right, they're essentially mining companies. Um, right. So Anderson Station uh, they they rose up. They said, like, you know, we're not getting yeah. paid. Pro- I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily being paid properly, but they weren't getting the proper treatment and care by the, by their company that employed them. Right. And so they basically just rose up and seized the station. I think, to my understanding, unfortunately, some of the security guards were killed during their uprising. And, yeah, they just kind of held it in protest. So they sent the UN, they sent a UN ship that was, I think, in charge, or sorry, being controlled by uh, Colonel Fred Johnson. And Fred Johnson's like, all right, well, sorry, but we're not taking prisoners today. And to my, I think to my understanding that they were doing that to um, send a message, I guess, to the Velters that like, you know, we're not going to take violent uprisings lightly but yeah so they, they pretty much up, they killed they they destroyed the station they yeeted them um, straight into space yeah, they straight up like m- missiled them to hell and i don't quite like that yeah i'm not 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 a huge fan <laughs> and yeah it yeah, was they, it was, it was a little great. sad but this yeah, was, was sad. this was a uh i think a rude awakening for fred johnson which Mm-hmm. I didn't totally get because it's not like I don't know if you've picked up on it, but James Holden was dishonorably discharged from the UN. Yes, yes. He because he refused to uh, because he refused to fire on a Belter ship. I don't know if it was a ship or a station. Um, and in this, we see that Fred Johnson did, and he regretted it horribly, and then he left the Marines. Right. So, so I mean. 
Sorry, that was like a moral dilemma with James. They kind of outline it. They do. Yeah. Um, my problem with it, with Fred Johnson's whole thing, was that like he seemed to have no remorse at all when he was doing it. And then like mm-hmm. after it's done, he was just kind of sitting. Like you see the the flashback shot of him like standing at the edge of his ship, like looking at all the destruction, and he's like regretting it. Yep. My my issue with that was what did you think was going to happen when you fired that missile? Right. You, you they weren't going to blow up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I like if it was one of those situations where he was like he didn't even sound regretful when he was straight up telling Anderson Station like I'm blowing you to hell. Yeah. Like right. no remorse. Yeah, so then like all of a sudden he gets remorse like he knew that there were kids on board too. So I I don't know. That that part Maybe somebody could explain to me, but I didn't really. I didn't. Yeah. Um, yep. There was a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, but other than that, yeah. So. Yeah. It just. Um, it, it, I guess it's one of those things where they kind of have to throw the bad at the good and the like. They have to make it a little bit of a drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 For sure. But anyways, yeah. They, and the thing is, is that when they kept panning back and forth, Miller's. When we get to Miller's perspective of um what's kind of what's going on with him he he's chasing that guy that killed his partner right and it just doesn't seem like he's getting anywhere he almost got stabbed though um i think to my understanding that guy actually left the station yeah he's not even on pv i think we figured that out at the end Right, because he sees the video, right, where he... Yep. No, was it at the end, or was it at the beginning when he just says, like, you know, this is my going away present to you, Phoebe Station, or something? Yeah, it might have I might have been. I can't remember, actually. Because, um, I, I mean, we our main view is of Holden and his crew talking to um, the commander on that station about Doc... Is, is it on Anderson Station? No. Zendaz? No, Tycho. He's on, they're landing on Tycho Station, I think. That's Fred Johnson Station. Yes, they're landing on Tycho Station. Um, and they're they're unsure about this guy because he's a Martian. No, right? no, 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 no. You're talking about they're unsure of Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson. They're unsure of Fred, Fred Johnson. No, because Fred Johnson of... is you. He's Arthur. Oh, okay. Uh, they're they're unsure of him. Oh, that's right. Um, the way that I just doesn't really get described to you, and it's this part also kind of annoys me. Um, that they never really uh clearly explain it. The OPA is not one faction. It's it's a line. It, it stands for the Outer Planetary Alliance. It it is literally that. It is an alliance of several different, like essentially gangs, for what it's worth. Um. And so Fred Johnson is one of the leaders of his faction of the OPA. Anderson Dawes is another, Okay, is a leader of his own faction within the OPA. Okay, so, so they're landing on Tycho, and this is his, this is pretty much his station. Yep. Okay, that's, okay, that makes, that makes the sense. Now he's, now that I know where he's at, but they're, yeah, they're unsure of this guy, obviously, but, it, you know, I guess they get past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, it's like their last choice. Yeah, so I, um, Naomi is former OPA, or, yeah, I guess former yeah. OPA within some fashion, we don't really know which, at the moment, and she... They think she's a spy? No. They think no, something well, specific. Well, they think she's a spy working for the OPA, but, like, she knows of Fred Johnson, and she doesn't trust him. You gotta understand, Oh, that's right, too, that's right, that's, a, I remember that. Yeah, so you gotta understand, too, that he's an Earther becoming an OPA, so a lot of Belters don't trust him, especially after the Butcher of Anderson Station, right? Like, he is... Right. Um, he killed he, several of their own, including He children. pretty much said... Yeah, he pretty much said that he's... He's like, I'm done with violence, quote-unquote. I'm done, like, I'm not... He's like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, and he's building a ship for Mormons. Uh, <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> that one... That, that part was kind of funny. Um... But before we get too far away from it, I do want to kind of jump back uh, to CUB for something. Uh, it, it was a small thing. It wasn't something super big. 
Shed dies, just so we can throw that out there. It wasn't. Oh. I wasn't super invested in him anyways. But yeah, no. he dies. Uh, but I think it was, it'd be kind of surprising for... Was it surprising to you, actually, since it is? Not really. Um. Yeah, I, it... <laughs> It didn't really blow me away, but you know, Shed's dead. Uh, the other thing was that I don't know if you noticed, but they they have like one like sleep. Uh, I don't know what the thing is, but you know the injection that puts people out, when yeah, they're unconscious, yeah. And there was uh, like uh, what's his face, uh, Alex. He was saying that you know we should put. Amos to sleep because he's bigger than me and he's an earther and he's going to use up more oxygen. And Amos said, like, I can carry you and you can't carry me. But really, they didn't actually have a whole lot of hope that Alex, or sorry, that they were going to be able to get out. And they were just saying that, you know, if they run out of oxygen, they're all going to die. So basically, Amos essentially did that to put Alex out so that he can die in peace. That's essentially what that was. Really? Yeah, because there was no guarantee that they were getting out of that because they were essentially in the brig, right? And when you're getting attacked on a ship, the last thing that you're worried about is freeing the prisoners that you took. Right, so he what was that thing he was giving him? So they remember that injection that he takes himself and that put himself out, right? Like, it knocked him out. And the idea was that when the doors open and they're out of oxygen, then Amos can carry Alex. Alex is not strong enough to carry Amos. Right. So, but that was the argument that Amos made. But really, that that wasn't the real reason. The real reason was that they were, Amos and Naomi were fully expecting to die. Like, so they were just making oxygen. it easier on them. They were making yeah. it easier on Alex to, like, he get, so that he can die in peace, essentially. Right. That right. was. At least that, that, to my understanding, that's, that's what I got from it. But on the second or third watch, and that was that was really cool. Huh. Yeah, now that I, I'll go back and watch that scene, but I, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of little moments like this where you don't, it doesn't impact your enjoyment of the show if you miss it. But if you catch on to it, it really just adds so much, ex, like, extra layers mm-hmm. to the character and the plot. So I, I love that. Um, right. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue with the episode five. Oh well, they pretty much land on Tycho Station, and we see Anderson Station pretty much blow up. Yeah. That, um, I loved Fred Johnson's essentially first reveal, where he's just talking to, if you remember, Holden and Amos. Yeah. They're like holding the guns on him. And they're like, okay, you know, it's smart to hide your numbers, but that's, you know, that's a Martian frigate. How uh, it can maybe hold up to 30 soldiers. Right. But if you wanted to show that you had 30 soldiers, you would show that, you know, to show your strength. Right. But you don't. Right. Which He's means calling his bluff. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just love that. It just shows that experience, that military experience shining through mm-hmm. Fred. Because um, he's been doing it for however yeah. long. I don't remember how long he said he was dead. Yeah, he he's he's definitely on the older end. So, like you said, he's been doing it for a while. Yeah, that some of those little things are, you know, it's like almost you got to watch it again sometimes, and then you get your, you get the, you know, you finally get you can make your opinion on the whole episode as a whole because you've watched it a few times and you're like, oh, I understand this now and this now and this now. So, it'll be interesting to see me rewatch some of these scenes and pick up on some of that stuff after we uh, get off. So, anyways, on to episode... Oh, sorry. One thing I did want to point out in episode five, back to the butcher, was the Belters' view of the Earthers. And yeah, we were talking about Earthers in specifically, where they said... So, you got the Martian view of the Earthers, not as a Belter view of the Earthers. Mm-hmm. They, the Belters, for what it's worth, hate Martians too, but Earthers more more so because they said... And, uh, Fred... No, no, sorry, not Fred. Anderson Dawes, he says... Like, you know, you have so much free air, free water all around you, and you take it all for granted. Right. But, like... They they import their uh, air and water. Right. But, like, I guess guess they didn't have the choice on where they were born, so I guess that's something. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, but again, like, you know, you were dealt these hands. You can't be mad at somebody for being dealt a different hand and 
not you know not yeah. seeing your point of view on how I suppose, life is different i guess but at the same time i kind of get it in the sense that like He's essentially saying, like, you you don't take advantage of the fact or you don't realize how blessed you are that you don't have to import air. You just. Yeah. And especially Anderson himself talked about, you know, I don't know if it was on this episode or if the one after, but we can go ahead and just talk about it now. There is rumors that Anderson killed his own sister. Really, and he does talk about that, yeah, and he does actually end up talking about that to um, Miller when he says, like, you know, yes, I killed her, but she was born born with like paper bones, right? Like, so she, there was no quality she, of life. Yeah, she was like constantly suffering, and then I had three other sisters to look after. I can spend all my week's worth of resources essentially just to keep her alive for next day. And then I have to work again extra hard to find more resources, more right. food, water, air for my other sisters. Or, you know, she's gonna die. she's not going to have a happy life. And even if she does live long enough, like, again, like not a happy life, uh, right. assuming that I can keep her alive. So he took her out and essentially had to kill her. And he said, this, this scene was so powerful for me. Mm-hmm. He said... Um, have you ever? Did you know it was possible to cry so hard that your tears become blood? Mm, that'd be cool. And believe, believe it or not, apparently someone on Reddit was claiming that that actually happened to him. I don't know if it was a sister or a wife of his. See, this guy on Reddit was claiming that it happened to him that he cried so hard that he cried blood. Mm, that must be. You must be putting pressure on your brain. Oh, yeah, that can't. Um, So I'm looking it up now. Apparently, it happens, but it's more bloody. Bloody nose, not necessarily like from your eyes, but. Yeah. Uh, It is Reddit, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But apparently it is possible that you can cry so hard that blood comes out. And I guess if you're in space, things could be slightly different. Yeah, yeah, that's for, that's for sure too, right? We've seen like the f- whole physiology change. So because that guy can't, that guy that's from space can't be on Earth because the gravity's too much. So obviously, you know, it could be something different in this universe where if somebody cries hard enough, blood comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So that was that is interesting though. That was that was a very heartbreaking story. I, was, I remember, I was like, oh my god, because there was talks of like you know he's ruthless and stuff. Anderson is a very I like that character a lot. It was very because he's real. Yeah, he seems like you know he kind of seemed like a villain and a gangster type mm-hmm. initially, but then all of a sudden, yeah, kind of starts seeing like, no, no, he does mean what he says. He's not here to hurt Miller. Yeah. He's just trying, and he's just trying to survive. That's really what it is. He's just trying to survive, and he just happened to. This is the way he does it. So, anyways, episode six, which is rock bottom. Yes, this this episode, and they start they start talking some more. Um, wait, what the heck? Where am I? Yeah, they they start talking a, a little bit more in depth about the situation after they hold everybody at gunpoint. And I there's I remember this scene where he's walking and they're talking. It's holding. I'm pretty sure with the brown curly hair, right? That's his name. Yeah, the main oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get used to his face, but he's talking to him. And the spaceship that they're on, it looks so cool. Like just the Ico station. Yeah, the station with the lights and then like the things going on in the background, it just it helps it helps me like paint the picture of the picture. Like that's cool. Like I wonder what that is and how that's built and Yeah, no, Tycho's crazy technology. Awesome. But anyways, yeah, they and they're talking and and I'm confused on 
like, are we going to figure out soon, like, how everybody's going to be involved together? Or is this, we're just going to go on separate stories for a while until it all meets up? Um, I think it's about to converge here relatively soon. Okay, because obviously Holden's crew has to meet Miller. And from this episode, Miller finds that chip in the hamster? Yeah. What? That one was a little weird, but that one kind of yeah. caught me off guard. But like, it was very obvious that it wasn't a real hamster for a while, but I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't either. But anyways, I will say Miller, and this is, I think, one of the reasons I didn't like season one that much. Miller's whole storyline with, like, the investigation with Julie Mao, didn't really like it. Um, um, it was kind of boring, and it didn't feel like it was really going anywhere. Uh, no, because, like, just exactly like you're saying, every time it pans back to him, it just does, It just seems like it just, until the end of this episode, he's just kind of been blah. Yeah, just kind of, yeah. just kind of filler. Yep. Um, and that—that's it. Like, I think he season two is, I think, really where Miller's whole story kind of becomes way more interesting. Hmm. But it is cool to see so many different storylines, and they're all, inter- um, kind of not directly interacting with each other. Where they're like, you know, oh. The Canterbury was blown up, and we see the Canterbury blown up from Holden's perspective, and then mm-hmm. we're seeing the rest of the galaxy reacting to it. So. Right. And they get to keep this ship now, and um, now they're going to go from a mission out of Tycho Station. So, like. Mm-hmm. And so they're pretending to be a gas freighter, like hauling gas. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, like, all that stuff surrounding them. That's just yeah. there to disguise the ship, basically. Right, and they started painting the ship, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. So they cool. renamed it from Tachi to the Rasanate. Rasanate, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and that's crazy. Like I thought they were working for like other people. So like, you can just change jobs right on the fly. Uh, what? Who was working for other people? Holden's crew. They were working for somebody else originally. Yeah, but they're kind of dead now, right? Remember when the Canterbury blew up? I guess, yeah, that's true. Job, so. so they're kind of just rogue. Yeah, essentially. Well, that's cool. I mean, I I think that'll be more interesting than them following a crew, but I guess they they have work now. <laughs> but they are going on a mission for Fred Johnson to right. the Anubis, uh, for like so Fred Johnson or sorry Julie Mal was working for Fred Johnson. Yeah, you're out and uh. I was gonna get to that because that's where they're that's where they're going now because they said somebody else was on the ship. Yep. So that. But, so I I'll be honest. Episode six didn't really. Oh, the only thing that stood out was he gets fired. Miller gets fired from Star Helix, and it turns out that all of Star Helix, or not all, but like the leadership of Star Helix, has been bought out by the OPA. Yep. Which brings up another question though where i question dawes's like i guess intentions if you have the police force bought out there then why aren't they better servicing the belters then right because that's their complaint right oh we get arrested because we're belters we get you know the rationing part i get because the the star helix wouldn't be in control of that Right. But everything else, I feel like if you... You feel like they're only doing like half their job. Yeah. It's like, did you not bribe them properly? Or or did you, are you intentionally keeping, stoking the flames between the Belters and the Earthers to keep yourself in power, right? Because if there is peace and understanding between the earthers and the belters then the opa doesn't really have power right you and know what i mean so maybe i mean maybe it's just to the point where if the opa bought star helix out uh, it could just be for to keep quiet on certain things if they come up after that they just kind of play their regular role of doing whatever i think you might be right so again it kind of goes back to like he's not doing what's necessarily best for the belters he's just like 
doing. Just turn the other eye <laughs> while I smuggle these drugs in. Yep, I think that's that. That seems very plausible. So very plausible. But as episode six was eventful, semi not really crazy eventful, but it was you know it gave us a lot of story that I think we needed to hear. But we did see um, our lady from Earth, the um, lady that dressed nicely. She's talking to that guy in the tank. Avasarella, yeah. Yeah, she's talking to that guy in the tank, very, and very he has to stay in that tank because he uh, he can't handle Earth stuff, but like. Earth gravity and, and uh, environment. So when does he? When can he? Or do they have to send him back up into space for him to be okay send him, again? They send him back up, but I think he killed himself right when he was going up. Yes, he did. So just to just to start some shiz. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Trying to do something yeah. nice for somebody, but she also <laughs> did kind of torture him. So yeah, well, yeah. is what it is. But yeah. Episode seven did get more, uh, did get interesting though, because Mr. Miller went off his rails. Yeah, and not just that. Um, there is one thing I want to quickly throw in. Actually, let's discuss that now. Uh, Holden having several parents. Oh yeah. So why is he was adopted though? They they took the genes from each of those. What is it? Eight parents. To make Holden. Why Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Apparently that was just a thing. And there were some references that he was raised by like cult members. And that they... Okay, so they, he grew up on a farm essentially. Wait, and... technology can help... You can make children from everybody else's DNA and then put it into... Whoa. Something like that has been happening. To be honest with you. Like, I have heard, maybe not that, but, like, you know, where you can kind of customize your baby. Like, oh, if you want your baby to have blue eyes, then we can kind of increase the likelihood of that. See, I've heard that before, too. So that's already a thing. So I can already see in the future that they could, like, take the genetics of everyone and just, like, randomly throw it into a baby. Yeah, you know what happens when you mess with nature, though, man? Yep. She bites back. Oh, Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Well, that, too. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I um, there was also talks of like you know they kind of violently did something in the past and, but then they kind of got their way or no 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 yeah they took they seized control of this farm to get access to some government subsidies or something like that. Um. Yeah, so they don't exactly necessarily seem like good people, but at the same time. It's like they're growing. I don't know if they've hurt anybody either. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I, I don't get that sense. But yeah, I, I don't know. And honestly, I think, to my understanding, the only thing that I would hold against them is that, and she said it herself, was that they put a lot of pressure on Holden to um, eventually inherit the farm and like fight the good fight, so to speak, right. against the right. the government. Um, but, you know, they had their hopes for kids. Everyone, Every parent has their own hope for their own kids. Um, this just happens to be eight parents having a hope for one yeah, child. For one <laughs> <child>. <laughs> but, and yeah, that, that, that is crazy. They do give us a little... But I want to, like, what's, what's what makes it so special that he has all this DNA? Is it just, like, he's just a bigger, stronger, faster? I, I, don't, I, I don't know if they've ever really referenced or implied that when you customize to this level that they intentionally try to go, Oh, we're going to go with his ability, more re- resilient immune system or higher muscle mass. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. They, I think they just like, Oh, we care for each other. And I think that, again, I don't, there was that subsidy part of it too, which was a big part of kind of banding together. And that's true. So they, but... they played the game, right? They played the political game. Essentially they, they used what, program was out there and then they claimed the subsidy or the tax cut or whatever it was um for themselves yep well that, that's it oh well <laughs> yeah i mean if you don't want people doing that then don't have that available right, right. like absolutely one of those uh use it because you got it type deals yeah yeah 
uh, like you don't want people to use like you know child tax credit don't make that available right so oh uh, anyways yeah <laughs> but that that was interesting i mean i'm starting to put together as you can tell i'm starting to put together some of the pieces and i'm starting to get um a little bit further along as in the character connection but again like you said for most people it is hard until you get to like the second or third season to keep up with Tycho. um obviously anderson station's gone but Tycho station earth un opa what stations who's who's yeah, the boss here I, I so agree. and um because it's more realistic a lot of the places end up looking relatively similar because i mean if you go to a lot of cities even today like you couldn't tell based off the skyline where somebody is right right so a lot of these stations phoebe station aero station Tycho is a little bit unique in the fact that it's just floating and you know has a unique ring look um but yeah you're right there uh it does get a little confusing, but I would say that like the storylines will converge here soon. There is one thing I wanted to bring up was that uh, the rock hoppers, though that there was a belter who was mining, and then the, he got stopped, quote unquote, randomly by the Martians. Yeah, and they just like inspected him and they said, "Oh, you know, you you have some fines that you haven't paid." So, uh, what's it called? As soon as you get back, your ship will be. It's confiscated, or confiscated until you mm -hmm. pay back your fines. Um, right. And he's just like, how am I supposed to pay back my fines if you take away my ability to pay back my fines? Um, right. So it's like danged if you do, danged if you don't. Yeah. Um, and this one was, I remember watching this the first time. I was like, oh my God, is he just going to kill his nephew? Like, is he, does he blame? Because uh, his nephew didn't tie down the the rocks properly mm -hmm. right? the rocks that he had captured or i guess netted and because of that um yeah he he lost a lot of potential profits and barely is going to make even for right. the actual like the fuel and the trip um now the problem is is that when they get he's against stuff with the martians he kind of mouths off a bit out of frustration and mm -hmm. Yeah, so did, did you understand what happened in that whole scene? Um, what do you mean do I understand what happened? Like, so whenever he th throws him out of the ship, do you understand what he what his uncle does after that? When he when he throws a, his nephew out, Mateo is the name of the uncle, he throws mm -hmm. out, I forget the name of the kid, um, but he throws the kid out. Do you know what he does after that? No. So he actually chases after the Martians that stopped him, and he throws those rocks at him. I must have missed that. Yeah, so uh, I just looked it up. His name is Diogo, is the name of the kid. And... Yeah. That, see, okay, so I'll have to go back and watch that, because, like... The main things that I picked up from this season was, see, the bad thing is that they went to Miller, and I was really concentrated on Miller. But then they have this guy that they're dealing with that snuck onto their ship, and I was concentrated on that. So I guess I just missed. No, you're good. So uh, essentially that. what happens is that he throws those rocks at the Martian ship, and then the ship doesn't get destroyed, but out of retaliation because obviously they got fired upon they fire back killing his uncle and now he's just floating in space diogo the nephew he's just floating yeah. in space like just spinning around did i miss that yeah that was in episode uh six i was in rock bottom uh okay yeah. okay oh yeah yeah you see that the it's not it's not at the end but it's it's close to the end of the. It's episode, close yeah. to the end, yeah. Okay, I remember that. I yeah. remember some of that, but it I don't just, remember all it, of that. I think it does a good job of showing you how desperate the Belters have gotten and how mistreated they are. Where like, right? They do anything randomly, just stop them and they say, "Oh," and just harass them. You know, so it, it just right. makes life really difficult. Um, right. You mean like I, police in the United States? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I will say this. Um, this scene was really cool because not only it, it served a double purpose. It 
it showed how awful life is for the Belters, but also right. it does go on. This becomes relevant because he did this. Now the Martians are patrolling much more heavily. And in the next episode in Windmills, yeah, um, that's exactly see... what happens. They get yep. stopped. Uh, which I okay. So did, did you understand what happened here when they get stopped and how? They... Yeah, they they needed code word. Yeah, they needed they Donkey needed balls. to tell. Them. <laughs> Which was crazy. Why did they pick that word out of Donkey all the words in the previous code word? But well, I know that, but yeah, I mean, like, was... why did the show creator use that set of words instead of like? Because you'd never see it coming. Flower stem, like you don't have to go straight for donkey balls. You can go for like bird feather. Bird. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. Anyways, um... but yeah, then they 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 started to like it was like putting together a puzzle. To the like their center console that yep. was cool yep so uh yeah black ops <laughs> i really i really pay attention to weird stuff yeah it was um uh, i remember when i was like uh I, I there was a time where i i had a feeling oh you know they're gonna find the code words they're gonna be fine but then it kind of like got really close i'm like are they or yeah are they about to have a shootout and, and what's yeah. this guy's name? What's this guy's name that they bring in and strap to a chair? What's Honestly, I forget his name, but um, he's working for that spy of um, the lady. The lady, yeah, D- D- and then the lady got him through D'Alvis, or I forget the name. I think uh, you're right. Uh, the guy's name is Kenzo Gabriel, the spy who has like little contacts who can like take pictures of everything. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, he's um, he's a bad guy. Not really. Yeah, not he corporate espionage and whatnot. He's been spying on Tycho for a long time. I'll be honest with you though, for what it's worth, Tycho seems like a pretty good place to live. Why you say that? Just because it's it just looks really nice, and the uh, people there seem relatively happy. I mean, compared to Phoebe Station, dude. Tycho Station mean, is like heaven. Uh, right on then. <laughs> Would you not agree? It doesn't seem like they have the same level of like you know water rationing or comfortability. Rationing. Yeah, it just seems a lot more comfortable. It honestly, look, and it could be because it's being handled by Anders, or, sorry, Fred Johnson, and he just seems to know, you know, organization and efficiency, and you know, Fred Johnson. What a generic guy. name. Yeah, I honestly, a part of me when I first uh, saw the show, I'm like. Is that his real name, or is he just doing that to throw off the IRS or something? Right. <laughs> um, it can't. I bet you it's not his real name. It's got to be actually. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, he, um, the, I mean, in, at the end of the seventh episode, the guy goes, "I'm sending in the black ops." Okay, what are the black ops? How do you? How are you a black ops agent in space? You have one way into a ship and one way out. And if you cut a hole in the ship, that's not you good for right. anybody. Yeah. You're so talking about the spy guy. You no, know, like at the end, maybe maybe he's a spy guy. I don't remember, but he was like, Send, "I'm sending in the black ops." I'm like, "Okay, well, you're sending the black ops in space. They board the ship secretively. I don't think you can do that. Do they have stealth technology? Like, yeah, I don't know how you'd be able to board a frigate as small as that. Maybe, maybe if it was like a big old battleship, then yeah, I can understand." Yeah, sneaking in, but like a small frigate, like the Rasenate, like I don't see it. Uh, Obviously, I'm gonna figure it out here when I watch three more, four more episodes. But you're talking about Aaron Wright, though, right? Who activated Black Ops team to take out Holden? Um, but yeah, you're right, Aaron Wright. I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, Secretary Aaron Wright. Yeah, I wonder why. But yeah, he's just it's like. How do you think that that's going to work? I wonder, though, if he's just saying, like, it's a Black Ops uh, mission mission where they're not going to board them. They're just going to, like... Like, wait till they get to a station yeah, yeah. and follow them. And, or or and maybe even them. just bomb them, right? Like, like when they're flying around, they're just going to cut them off, destroy the ship, and just fly away. And it's going to be off-the-books mission, essentially. I wonder right. if that's what he means by Black Ops. He- 
Maybe. Remember, remember, though, Aaron Wright's previous, the latest information that he has is that they're heading for Eros. But they're not. They thought, but uh, they're they're not. They thought he was going for Eros, and that's what he reported back to Aaron Wright. Or was it Alex Rowe? Uh, but regardless, that's what he reported back. But the spy got it wrong, too. They're not going to Eros. So... Yeah, the yeah, Black so... Ops team is heading to the wrong location. Yeah, somebody's gonna make a somebody's yeah. gonna make a boo boo. Somebody getting shot, <laughs> or multiple people. Yeah, yeah. So in, in, this seventh episode, well, as far as these last three episodes, really, I, I can already tell that I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to keep watching, trudging through to get to. Yeah, it's a little slow, but it's not bad. I'm enjoying the uh, sci-fi and then what I pick up in the background. I like it. Like the little, like when he's talking to the guy that's in the cell on his on his ship, uh, not holding the other guy, the bald dude. Guess short here. The big, thick boy. I think so. He's a bigger guy. He's kind of like he he seems to have like no social. Yeah, he's like he's like down, like uh, about to shoot the guy. Um, oh, coming into the ship and then coming into the had ship. The gun on him. Yeah. yeah. So that that rack of suits, I fantasized about that for like twenty minutes. God, I know the Martian Marine suits. Yes. Yeah, the There's suits and then the guns. There is more to come on that. I texted you too, and I was like, "Hey, man, where do I buy one of these expanse rifles?" Yeah. And I, you can find you can find them online, but they're airsoft guns. I'm cool with it. Have you, have you seen um how airsoft force no no i've seen that oh. but have you seen how he kind of uh talks though amos like when he said like you know you have a clean shot back of the head take it if you need to he's so nonchalant about his own death that i mean wouldn't you in space <laughs> honestly though I, I i know a lot of people fantasize about going to space I'm good that the i'm not i'm relatively claustrophobic i could not imagine being in space like realistically wait the, the, you're claustrophobic mm-hmm. no way dude like i just i don't get like scared it's not like i start having a panic attack but i do get very uncomfortable and <coughs> i was to be out there for months like that like the rasenate is okay right because there's room to walk around so i'm cool with that but i mean if like, have you seen like real, real life spaceships? There's not a lot of room. No, no, there's not. And there, and you know, I'm surprised all those people aren't up there floating around without clothes on because I feel like clothes would be like really annoying in space if you didn't have these electromagnetic boots. Because in space, the, can they apply gravity in their spaceship, or is that just the space station? Um, I don't think it's anything. I don't think they can apply gravity at all. Yeah. So. Okay, so this is actually something I wanted to talk about, too. Um, I'm glad you brought it up, because I completely forgot. They can walk around in their ships, because there's no sense of artificial gravity. Right? Because artificial gravity is a sci-fi thing. So this show, being relatively science-y, doesn't have artificial gravity. They all walk around with mag boots. But the problem is... Is that... that oh, sorry, not the problem. But the, the thing is that I think Tycho Station generates its own gravity by constantly spinning. And that that's real, too, by the way. Yeah, if well, you, yeah, that's the that's the way you that's the way they the space stations would have to create the gravity without creating artificial gravity because obviously the only people that know how to do that are aliens. Yes, that sure. we don't know about. Uh, so, don't get me started on that, dude. I read all kinds of stuff, crazy stuff about that. <laughs> it's wicked. But anyways, continue. So, yeah. Um, does that mean that the Belters who are living on Tycho Station don't have? Like the same because, and that's another reason why I think I prefer Tycho. If I was to live in space, it would be either Mars or Tycho Station because then they have the their own I don't want to say artificial gravity, but they have their artificial gravity, right? I mean, because, because then that, is, it, is it ever? I mean, I don't know how would that translate. So, like, say this this is the main thing I'm worried about is. How does gravity on Mars, depending on how that is, I, I'm uncertain. How's the gravity on Mars to Tycho Station to Earth 
how are they all different and how is it going to affect them if they if they like hop from one to the other you know what i mean that that's what i'm thinking i know martian gravity is definitely weaker than earth gravity for sure so how how do they apply the artificial gravity in tycho station uh to my understanding they just spin right i know but like what's the what's the metric i'm sure it's lower 100 percent. i'm sure it's lower but i think it's more it's definitely more than nothing right like absolutely and that's a problem with like the belters who live on these stations that they don't have artificial gravity they just walk around with boots all the time the lack of gravity makes their muscles and their bones just weaker uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. which I don't think Tycho Station has that same issue. So they can still gain muscle then? Yes, yes. I think, like, obviously it's not going to be the same level as, like, Earth. Earth, but I think it's going to be something. Now, I just looked it up. Earth has a, the gravity that we all know of, 9.8 meters per second squared. Mm-hmm. Mars has 3.7. Oh, so, wow, that's a big difference, yeah. Yeah. Um, the moon has 1.62. So Mars is definitely much bigger than the moon. But as far as the Earth goes, you're looking at over twice. Huge jump. Yeah. So yeah. So Tycho Station, I bet you Tycho Station is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, but you think it's more than Mars? I want to maybe not just because it's a smaller entity. I think I don't I know. Think it's definitely less than Mars. You think so? It's probably closer to the moon. I think it's close. Uh, I think maybe less than Mars, but definitely more than I don't know about more than definitely more than the moon either, though, right? Well, they seem to be walking fairly Earth like. Because wouldn't you think if it was more like Mars, you could kind of. You'd be more gliding almost too, you would think, no? If you your movements would be boots. not so yeah, if you didn't yeah. have the mag boots, you wouldn't your wooden movements wouldn't be so stiff. Right. And mm. and their movements look fairly stiff considering because when my thought is when you're in space and the gravity's lower, you're able to flow a little bit more. Like you're 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 flowing, you're more gentle with your movements. On Tycho Station it looks like they're Everything's you nice and tight. Jiu-Jitsu and floating in free free gravity. No. What the heck? No. You have to be jumping off stuff, headbutting each other. Let's do it. Be crazy. We'll try. Awesome. I love it. Just for just for you, we'll try. <laughs> Let's fund this now. Um But yeah, uh that's about it for me for that episode. If you do you have anything else? No. Besides the the Black Ops attack, I think that's that's where I'm pretty much at. I mean, I got the main gist of the story so far. So as the plot reveals itself, I'll be able to hopefully pick up on it quicker. So it's like a basic understanding of every show you got to get right away when you play. You know what yeah, I mean? No, I agree. 100%. Um, so I guess that's it from us for that episode. Next time we'll be covering that ending of season one. So that'll be episodes eight to ten. Oh. very excited uh, and yeah so thank you everyone until next time until next time